Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 113 of the Young Alliance Perspective. I hope everyone's having a great day so far on this Friday. Getting ready to kick off the weekend in grand fashion. And it's NXT UK Review Day, of course. But before we get into all of that, I want to talk about um, some ratings. And normally I don't do a full-on segment of ratings. I usually just talk about Raw ratings and shitting on it and then all that good shit but i mostly want to talk about nxt's viewership now last night's uh, actually i should say wednesday's episode of nxt i thought was actually a good show um if you haven't checked it out checked out my nxt review yet go check that out just went up yesterday so you have to go check that out really would appreciate it if you did any other of my more recent episodes as well the whole antonio brown deal uh, last week's NXT and NXT UK episodes, all that good shit. So, let's talk about a little bit of ratings. So, NXT viewership is, his, their, uh, theirs was down for the second episode of USA Network. So, this is from WrestlingInc.com, from Mark Middleton. The first hour of this week's WWE NXT episode drew... 1.006 million viewers on the USA Network, according to Showbuzz Daily. The show ranked eighth for the night on the cable top 150, 18-49 demographic behind American Horror Story, South Park, base basketball wise, Black Ink Crew, MTV Challenge, Cuomo Prime Time, and Black Ink Crew Compton. NXT ranked 31st for the night in viewership. This is down 14.7% from last week's USA Network premiere, which drew 1.179 million viewers and ranked number four on the cable top 150 and 19th in viewership. Like last week, the second hour of this week's episode aired on the WWE Network and viewership for that service is not available. But both hours of NXT will begin airing on the USA Network with next Wednesday's episode. This week's NXT Hour on the USA Network featured Keith Lee and Dominic fe- defeating Dominic Dijakovic in the opener. Dakota Kai's return over Tainara Kanchi. And Matt Riddle defeating Killian Dean in a street fight rematch main event to become the new number one contender for the NXT champion, Adam Cole, who also made an appearance to close the first hour. To compare this week's WWE TV viewership, and I'm going to get into that in the next segment, so we'll just wait on that. But it was to be expected. It was actually to be expected, and, you know, when it came out last week, you know, it's the shiny new toy, as, as uh, Well Culture actually said. They were talking about, I was watching a video on them earlier this morning as I was having breakfast and taking a sip of my coffee. And so, it's the shiny new toy. It's the new thing. Everybody wants to see what the new thing's all about. And in terms of retaining fans, they still kept up over a million. Which is a good thing, which is actually pretty good. And I'm not mad at it whatsoever. You know, yes, they went down about 173,000 from last week. And that's personally, honestly, to be expected. That's just, I mean, it is what it is. So, they now have fans kind of interested in, in the product, you know. Like I said, losing 173000 was to be expected, especially if they have other things going on, especially with the South Park premiere and all the American Horror Story and all that stuff, or if they have um, other things to watch during the week, which is fine. Bees would it be. Freedom of choice. But now we go into next week. Next week is the big week. October 2nd is the big day. 
day that AEW and NXT are going to go head-to-head in terms of viewership. And that's what I really want to talk about before I get into the Raw and SmackDown live ratings from this past week. I think it's imperative for NXT to have done this. It was a, I would say now it's a smart call by Vince McMahon to have NXT have two hours, be two hours ahead. Be two, two hours ahead? No, no, two weeks ahead. I'm sorry. Because they wanted to get the jump on AEW. It's a, it's a good counter move. It's a smart move. It makes sense. I completely understand. Sorry about that. But now, this is where the work begins. This is where it's now time to put yourself to the test. This is where this is where Vince McMahon pretty much has put everything on the line for his development for the developmental brand for NXT. Because now AEW begins their journey next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. In five days' time, this is where it all begins. The so-called Wednesday Night War is going to begin. And it's gonna, now now it matters. Now it completely matters from here on out. And they do have a good show lined up for this coming Wednesday. AEW has a good show lined up next Wednesday. It all depends on where the fan lies. I've stated plenty of times on many an episode of the Young Lions Perspective podcast that AEW made their case to get fans prepared, get ready, fans ready for Dynamite at All Out. They made their case, and I considered it a solid case to get fans prepared. Of course, you have you know the road to AEW Dynamite. They've been doing that. I haven't really watched those, unfortunately, but you know it is you know it is what it is. But they've been keeping fans interested. And getting everyone ready for Dynamite this coming Wednesday. At this point, there's no, we're at the point of no return now. Once we get to Wednesday, October 2nd, it's on like Donkey Kong. It's going down. I'm sure, I know for a fact that Triple H knows this. That Vince McMahon knows this. That Cody Rhodes knows this. That everyone involved between AEW and NXT knows this. From the top executives on down to the lowest tier person on the brand of NXT and the promotion of AEW. They know what this means. They know that they have to put on the best show possible now every single week from here on out if they want to keep fans invested in their product. Me personally, I'm a fan of both, so it doesn't really fucking matter to me. You know, it's just how I'm going to watch it is what the is how I'm going to play it out. And the way I'm going to play it out is I'm going to watch AEW live because I know, and I'm I'm for certain that NXT will be on the WWE Network and that'll make things easier for me. I can watch it, you know, watch AEW Wednesday while NXT is going on and then watch it on Thursday once it goes to the WWE Network and then I'll go from there with my reviews. And that's probably the way I'm going to do it. 
you know. And then, of course, you know, Thursdays are NXT UK now that they've now that we found out that news. So it makes it a little easier for me. So I can do a Thursday review of Dynamite, a Friday review of NXT, and then maybe a Saturday or Sunday review of NXT UK, or maybe a Monday review of NXT UK, depending on how I see it, depending on how it goes. We'll figure it out as we go. But this is now where it all matters. Now it matters most. Now it means everything. NXT literally is on the line because you gotta remember we talked about this way back. Vince McMahon, it has been reported Vince McMahon will not get involved with NXT as long as it maintains ratings that are above AEW's. Once they start to slip and AEW is starting to get a grasp on the ratings, that's when Vince McMahon is going to rear his ugly head into NXT. Now, for most of us, when we talked about this, the fear is that Vince McMahon will bog down the quality of NXT. NXT wasn't built on the back of Vince McMahon. Triple H built NXT to what it is today. You know it, and I know it. The last thing we need to see happen is Vince McMahon making booking decisions on NXT. You know, basically, it's been stated that Vince McMahon will just, won't, you know, is not worried about the storylines. He just wants to put guys in there, whether they have chemistry or not, on takeovers. It's been reported. You can look this up. You can Google it right the fuck now. And that's what is going to worry me, and it sure should worry you the most. Is that turn this damn TV down? That's what should worry you the most, honestly. Is that if Vince McMahon then gets involved and starts booking the shows to his liking? It, it may become a problem for NXT. NXT may get the same treatment that pretty much Raw and SmackDown get. And that's what's going to worry me every time I see ratings. And yes, I will be talking about the ratings for NXT and AEW. That's what's that's what concern should concern everybody. If Vince McMahon gets involved, how will the show look under a Vince McMahon booking? Let's be real with this shit. I gotta be, you know, just keep it 100 with you guys. What will it look like under a Vince McMahon booking decision? And that's what should scare you the most. Now, hopefully. Hopefully that isn't to be. Hopefully, you know, NXT maintains a good rating enough that Vince McMahon won't have to jump in and do anything serious. But if he does, then it becomes a problem. Because, of course, you've seen what it looks like now with Raw and SmackDown. 
you've seen what it looks like with Raw and SmackDown. You now know what shows can look like with Raw and SmackDown. Need I say any more about that? We'll continue on, though, talking about the Raw ratings and SmackDown ratings. The go-home episode for USA as it moves over to Fox. So let's talk about Raw's ratings real quick. I haven't really talked about that in a while. So this is from WrestlingNewsWorld.com. This week's Raw viewership ratings continue to trickle down by Ryan McClure. This is a short one. This week's episode of Monday Night Raw, which featured main event, a main event of Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman that ended in a no contest after the fiend Bray Wyatt took out Strowman, drew in an average of 2.21 million viewers. This was down from last week's viewership of 2.27 million viewers. And these are the hourly breakdowns. Hour 1, 2.37. Hour 2, 2.21. Hour 3, 2.04. Again, going down with every fucking hour. Now, the reason I want to talk about Raw's viewership is because of the whole shifting shift um, and movement of SmackDown going over to Fridays in the Fox Network. When you get when we get to the draft next Friday. Not actually not this two weeks from today. Literally two weeks from today. We will have the draft. The first draft since 2016. Where I believe it's if I'm not mistaken, permanent rosters will be and I'm putting this in air quotes, permanent rosters will be drafted. That's all well and good. All fine and dandy. Not hurting my feelings. I really could give a fuck less. But this could be a repeat of 2016. What am I? What do you mean? Uh, you may ask. This is going to be the reverse of 2016's draft. I have that strange feeling that SmackDown is going and SmackDown is going to be looked at as the eighth show. Now that we have it moving over to Fox, now that we have it back on Friday nights, it's going to be looked at as the eighth show. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be looked at as that show. And it's going to be interesting how this works out now. I think so. Because now that SmackDown is going to be looked at as the A show. Now that we have, now that we know that Michael Cole and Corey Graves are going to be the, the main commentary team on SmackDown, on SmackDown, that should indicate everything that that's your A show. Now that we know Vic Joseph and Dio Madden with, for some reason, the fucking Jerry the King fucking Lawler is on this shit for a limited time, of course, from what I've been reading. No, I don't need a fucking Honda right now. Fuck off. That should indicate already that this is the A show. That should already be your indicator that this is the A show. And it's going to be so much fun 
seeing what a Monday Night Raw will look like with Vic Joseph and Dio Maddie. That starts literally this Monday. You have literally three days before Vic Joseph, Dio Madden, and Jerry the King Lawler are doing motherfucking commentary. Me personally, I like Vic Joseph. I think Vic Joseph fits well on NXT UK. It works for him. He does very well with Nigel McGuinness. He kicks ass. As far as, you know, how that how it will work with him in NXT UK, I'm not exactly sure, but hopefully that will not change. Because I like the team of Joseph and McGinnis. They work well together. They play off very they play off each other very well, especially with Nigel McGinnis as the heel commentator in a sense. And Big Joseph as the more babyface commentator. And they work very but they work very, very well together. I love it. But I think just having that shift alone, like I said, should tell you that it's the A show. SmackDown, I mean. The draft is going to be interesting because, like I said, it's going to be a flip. It's going to be a repeat of 2016 in reverse. SmackDown's going to get the better roster. I know it for a fucking fact because Vox Network is going to want certain people on their brand. They paid a billion dollars for this shit. So you know damn well. You know damn well they're going to want X, Y, and Z. They're going to want a certain certain people on there. Brock Lesnar, they're probably going to want over there. I don't know, Ronda Rousey, more than likely when she makes her return to the WWE, they're going to want her back on the, in the fold. They're going to want certain people to go over there. They want to make that show star-studded. And if, if, it, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, Raw is going to get the shit in the stick this time around. And Raw is going to have to pretty much be what SmackDown Live was back in late 2016. They're probably going to get the throwaways, the underdog talent, the talent that Fox never does, doesn't even want. They're going to get that talent. And, they're, and now Raw, Raw's creative team is going to have to make it work. Now, with Paul Heyman at the helm, they can make it work. Not an issue. I just have that strange feeling that it's going to be a repeat of 2016 all over again in reverse. Raw's ratings, I think, are going to go even more down. Especially if the shows are trash. Now, Raw has been maintaining... No more than a 2.3. I think they got their highest so far this year was a 2.6. Maybe. I could be wrong. Let me know. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Hit me up with a voice message and let me know if I'm wrong about that. But I just had that strange feeling that Raw is going to get the shit under the stick and then they're going to get shit on in terms of a roster. They're not going to get the best roster. They're going to get certain people. Certain people that they need to build a brand around. But when, it look, when you look at, when you come, I can, I'm looking at the future right now and I'm seeing that SmackDown is going to get the dub, the big dub in terms of the draft and Raw is going to have to take the L this time around. It's Fox. It's Fox that's going to be on Vince's ass for this one. Fox is going to be on Vince's ass. 
And we just have to accept that. I know it, and you need to know it, that SmackDown is going to get the better end of this deal, and that's why Smack, and that's why they want those 3 million viewers per week. Speaking of SmackDown, to end this opening segment of The Young Lions Perspective, episode 113, from SEScoops.com's WWE SmackDown live viewership slightly up for final episode on USA Network by Andrew Ravens. Tuesday's edition of WWE SmackDown Live, live from San Francisco, of course, oh fucking joy, at the Chase Center averaged 2.099 million viewers, which is up from 2.064 million the previous week. The same episode, SmackDown episode last year drew 2.193 million viewers. This was the final episode of USA of the show on the USA Network as it moves to Friday nights on Fox starting next week. The episode expected to decrease in viewership just like Monday's episode of Raw did. Raw did have big competition in the way of the NFL regular season game on ESPN. No fucking shit! The show had to go up against Hannity that had 3.861 million viewers. Rachel Maddow's show with 3.323 million and Tucker Carlson tonight that drew 3.412. Also, the show didn't go up against any big sports-related competition. Matches that took place include Eric Rowan defeating Daniel Bryan, Chad Gable defeating Mike Kanellis, Yawn, the Boston Hub Connection defeating Carmella and Charlotte Flair, eh? and the WWE Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Ali in a non-title match, eh? the New Day defeating the B Team, Yawn, bruh, and the Kabuki Warriors defeating Fire and Desire. Okay, it happened. The best match of the night literally was Roman versus Brian, by the way. Mike Kanellis is, is, is screwed. Um, whatever. Continuing on, though, the show also features a segment with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon that serves as the main event scene. Please, please let this fucking, please let this fucking feud end. Please let this fucking feud end. Seriously, let this shit end. I swear to God, if this does not fucking end, after Hell in a Cell, I fucking swear to God, I will just lose my shit. Swear to God, I'm gonna lose my shit. And I'm gonna give you a spoiler. Here's what I think is gonna happen. And I'll probably talk about it when we get to next week when we get to um, Hell in a Cell preview and predictions. I'm not gonna say who wins just yet. Ah, fuck it. Kevin Owens is gonna fucking win. This is not rocket science. And if he does win, he's getting drafted to Raw. I'm making that prediction right now. If Kevin, when Kevin, when Kevin Owens just gets wins the ladder match and gets his job back, he's going to Raw. Guarantee it. Garen fucking T. I think Sami Zayn's going to go over there too. I think also here's your here's your three picks you can, I, I can bank on right now. Bold prediction. And I'm doing this like two weeks in advance. Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens are going to Raw. Guarantee it. Book that shit. That's your three bolt. That's your three. That's the first three people I thought in mind of going to Raw. All three of them are going right to Raw. I may do a draft. I may do a draft, you know, thing. I don't know. Maybe. Eh. But see, my problem is if I do a draft, if I do a mock draft, if I do a mock draft, I'm going to do it using logic. WWE forgot what the fuck logic was. 
they don't have logic in their goddamn vocabulary last time I checked. And maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I mean, I got the whiteboard there. Who knows? We'll see. It'd be interesting. It'd be pretty interesting to see what I could do with a mock draft. I mean, I have it set up. Like, I'm looking at the coffee table right now. It's on the wall right next to the TV. Right next to my calendar. It's payday. Happiness for me. Joy. But I don't know if I do one. Because if I do one, I, I, I do it using logic and reason. But I will say, though, those three are going to Raw. I don't think WWE thinks that they're worthy enough of being on SmackDown. And I'll do it in some form of storyline with Shane McMahon screwing over KO one last time. I just think the Intercontinental Championship, we go back to Raw and all that good shit. If the Intercontinental Championship stays on SmackDown, I will be shocked. I will be shocked. But it's all on Fox. I think it's, it's this is this is Fox has the most leverage in terms of all of this. Because the first episode of the draft is going down on SmackDown in two weeks' time. So I think SmackDown wants certain people over there. I don't know if they want Shinsuke Nakamura on Fox. I don't know. Maybe they hire maybe they're high on Shinsuke Nakamura and we don't even know it. But for my money, and I'm only letting like five dollars down because I ain't got it like that. Uh, see how my, how my checking and savings works. How my checking is in savings. Uh, I gotta rub the card on my pants a little bit, make sure the car swipe through. Um, so I'm only gonna put like five dollars on it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I feel like splurging today and putting down ten. But for my money, Owens, Zayn, Nakamura to Raw. Just gonna go with that. But enough about me rambling on about ratings and nonsense. We gotta talk about NXT UK, and this is episode 113 of the Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said, let us begin. going on guys Zach from the Wrestling Delicious Podcast here and welcome to episode 113 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me today. It is Friday and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast and as always I greatly truly appreciate it and today we're talking NXT UK to kick off your weekend course i always tell y'all enjoy your weekend uh taking all the festivities that you can if you're buckling down doing some things if you're doing the college thing uh nothing wrong with listening to it this episode and getting your work in if you're getting a workout in i appreciate you uh getting your lift on and listening to the podcast if you're just chilling out because it's your day off like yours truly um first day of my four-day mini vacation that i had planned for myself, nothing too serious. Of course, got to put the work in. And other than that, man, it's just, I just love doing these recordings on Fridays. Friday is one of my favorite days of the week, as is most people. But I love it for the simple fact that you know I kick off the weekend putting in work, regardless. Even if I'm not working um, at my job, um, I always want to do something, you know, productive for the day. I want to want to feel like that I'm doing something worthwhile. 
to, you know, keep my mind right, keep my mind busy. Um, because with me, I get bored very easily and I always feel like I need to do something to keep my mind off just having weird, wandering thoughts. And that this doing this, to be truthfully honest, always helps. Because if I weren't if I weren't doing this podcast, to be truthfully honest with y'all, and the main reason why I'm doing this podcast in the first place, it keeps my mind right, keeps my mind sharp, keeps me in check, if you will. You know, I'm holding myself accountable to make sure I do this podcast. Um for you, one, for you guys, because y'all do listen, and for those of you that do listen, I greatly appreciate every single one of y'all checking this out, um, telling a friend about the show and all that good shit, but this kind of holds me accountable to not just sit here in my thoughts and just think about things, and because I do tend to overanalyze shit, um, one of those, I'm one of those weird people, I guess you could say, um, if I weren't doing this podcast, um, I would literally just be watching TV, being bored, forgetting that I have to run errands for the day, and just wanting to relax. And I'm not the kind of person that wants to sit down um, all day and just be bored playing video games. I do from time to time, um, but I like to keep my mind busy. I like to keep my, I like to keep active, at least mentally, doing this. And this is why I love Fridays. And Fridays is a good day for me to do NXT UK because it's right after you know NXT. And just to keep my momentum going for you guys as I head into the weekend because I know this weekend it's going to be filled with a lot of football. Uh, gonna do food shopping. Hopefully, seeing a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine that I haven't seen in months, um, and all that fun stuff. So that's why I like really like Fridays and talking about NXT UK. Speaking of NXT UK, this week uh, another good building, sh- another good building show. I mean, we're coming, uh, still coming off the heels of Cardiff, and they're actually still in Cardiff for this, uh, still in Cardiff for the set of tapings. Um, it was, it was a good show. It was a good show um, to help us go forward. Bringing back uh, a couple of stars came back. Uh, we did see a couple of new talent, uh, one new talent come in. And um, like I said, it was a good building show um, going forward before we get into, you know, next week. And they made the announcement uh, during the show that now that with the whole NXT AEW thing, I guess it made sense to make this move that they're now going to be moving to Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 12 p.m. Pacific, uh, 1, 8, 1 p.m. Mountain, and then 2 p.m. Central, for those of y'all who understand the time zones. So it's going to be a little bit a little bit better for a lot of us who um, don't watch NXT UK as often or don't catch UK NXT UK during uh, uh, live. Excuse me, I should say. So it's a little bit of a switch, but I mean, I think for NXT UK to have its own day now instead of being on the same day as NXT, I think it is a good is a good call by WWE to make this move to go over to Thursdays, have its own separate day. So for people who you know get off work early in the afternoons, they can still check it out, or they can still catch the uh, delayed taping after later on in the evening. Um, before NX, before NFL football, for those of you who do watch football here in the States and around the world. But enough of me rambling about nonsense BS. We got to talk about NXT UK, and let's get into it. Of course, with the main event between Trent Seven and Noam Dar on the horizon in the main event. It was, it was going to be an interesting show. So I was really interested to see what was going down. And we're going to start off with the newest star of NXT UK, one Oliver Carter. I remember... Uh, last week, when we talked about uh, the review for last week's episode, Oliver Carter stated that he was going to be making his return to NXT UK, and he was going up against the returning veteran, 
the luchador of Leeds himself, Liguero. Um, this is actually a nice matchup. A nice matchup for both guys to get back into the swing of things. Um, Oliver Carter's last match in NXT UK was a couple months ago in a losing effort against Joseph Connors. Um, so it'll be it's interesting to see. I was kind of shocked that, you know, because my thought was if they're going to feature Oliver Carter, they're going to have him go up against one of the PC talents, you know, all that stuff. But Liguero is no slouch in that ring. And for those of y'all who had seen Liguero wrestle, y'all know he is a damn good veteran of the game and he knows what the fuck is up. So let's get into the matchup. Bell rings, Carter and Liguero shaking hands before the matchup as a show of sportsmanship. They circle and tie up, fans rallying behind both men as Carter gets the headlock. Liguero working against the hold, Carter wrenches to a wrist lock. Liguero uses the rope to flip through, spins to an arm drag, and arm drags Carter away. They stare each other down real quick, starting to speed things up. Liguero leaping, but Carter rolling off the back, kind of a little bit of a botch, but it still made it work. Liguero then gets the headlock, Carter shoves him down to the mat, steps through to the La Mahi Stroll. But Liguero tips it into his favor, not letting it roll, letting him roll through. Gets the two count out of that, keeping his eyes on Carter, letting him up. Though fans cheering for both men in the beginning part of the matchup. Carter then runs at Liguero. They tie up again. Um, they shift the knuckle locks. Liguero kicks one of the arms out, wrenches to a wrenches to Irish whip. But Carter reverses it. Go Liguero goes up over Hurricane Ronis, but Carter hand springs through, waving the Motumbo finger at Mr. Liguero. They start speeding things up again. Liguero goes to the hip cause. Carter cartwheels, goes for the victory roll, gets a two-count out of that. Carter then gets a hurricane run on Liguero, almost missing the uh, like, um, the hurricane runner uh, on that one, catching him barely with defeat. But Liguero still putting in the work to sell it through. Liguero's a bit dizzy. Carter's on him with a kick. Carter runs off the ropes, but gets under the drop kick to counterattack. Liguero still comes back with a knee. Liguero changes pace. Carter shakes out the cobwebs after the knee. Fans dueling chance as Liguero brings Carter up. Ties him up for an octopus stress. Carter trying to work his way out. Liguero Irish, Irish whips him into a corner. Carter then hits Liguero with an elbow when he was running after him. Hits him with a boot. Carter ending up in the apron and, the, and catches Liguero with it and Seguri. Carter then climbs up top of Liguero. Catch, runs back with a super arm drag. Down to the mat. Goes for the cover. One, two. Carter kicks out. Carter surviving that attack there. Liguero grabbing both arms. Pulling back in the half surfboard. Carter then turns the surfboard, throwing Liguero, throwing big hands on Liguero, then dodging the lariat of Liguero, and the sweep hits an Andy Gordo kick. Very nice. Um, it was a very nice nice kick there, showing off a little bit of his moveset. Um, Carter keeping on Liguero with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex that looked fucking clean as shit. Uh, Liguero sits up, though, ducks the signing wizard from behind, only for Carter to hit him with a heel kick on the back gate. Closer to cover again and gets a two-count out of that. Carter firing himself up, drags Liguero up, hits a suplex, but get Liguero slipping out to get the waist lock, bucking Liguero off his Carter, hits an uppercut on him. Liguero then rebounds into a sweep, but Carter hits a lion salt. That was very, very nice. Goes for the cover. One, two. Liguero kicks out. Carter losing his cool. Fans rallying up behind Liguero as he ends going corner to corner. Liguero monkey flips him right into the turnbuckles the opposite way instead of going from corner to the mat. Liguero goes out the step board. Goes for a slingshot stunner that was actually pretty nice. I was very impressed by that move. Liguero firing himself up now. Carter grabs at him, but Liguero waits a second to move it. Hits a super kick. Carter, wobbly as anything, staggering. Liguero, Liguero goes for the springboard. Hits the C4L Tornado DDT. One, two, three. Liguero in his return to NXT UK, getting the victory over Oliver Carter. 
very nice match there to open up the show. We're going to see a lot more of Oliver Carter in the future. And I do like uh, Oliver Carter. Um, he is from uh, West, uh, down in West Africa. Um, very inspired by current WWE champion Kofi Kingston, which is always a plus. And there should be nothing wrong with I mean, I like Oliver Carter. I like what he brought here to this matchup. Leguero, of course, I've seen plenty of him in progress. So I know his acumen for sure. And it was a, it was a very nice way to open up the match. Open up the match card for these two guys. Like I guess we're going to see a lot more of Oliver Carter in the future. I think over time he will grow. He will learn more of this moveset. He will, you know, get things going for himself. So this will not be the last we'll see of Oliver Carter. And definitely not the last we'll see of Legaro going forward. We go into Walter visiting the UK Performance Center. The champion talks to the camera in German. I couldn't understand the lick of it anyway. And then tells him to follow him into the PC. And you see that he's very upset that Walter... Walter is very upset by the guys in the PC. Uh, he sees four trainees hanging about, having conversation, shouting at them, makes them line up saying, what is this to you, huh? Is this just for sitting around like it's mom's couch? Water kicking their, Walter kicking their bottles away, tells them to get in the ring. As the camera, cameraman stay in the corner while he has the trainees go through drills. Um, of course, we see a classic wrist, wrist lock wrenching drill, goes for the takedown, uh, a kip up to wrench the first, then the two shake hands afterwards, you know, as a show of respect to each other after the session. Very, I thought it was very good. Walter liked the aggression and wants the trainees to try him now. So one of the guys go, goes with Walter, and immediately Walter just chops one down the match, shoves off the other, and then scaring off the rest of the guys off of the apron. He says, where's that stupid laugh now, huh? Going, going right into the corner, right in his face, grabbing his face. And he looks at the camera and says, this is what I mean. No one is taking this serious enough. So I, this is why I will be champion forever. This place has no future, and none of you belong here. Go to a playground if you're not going to take it serious. Then he walks, gets in the ring, walks out of the ring, and walks out upset. And, I, and seeing, and this is just playing into the character of Walter. He has this saying, Dimatis Heilig. The mat is sacred. They, as part of Imperium, they hold the sacred um, honor of what profession they they have an agenda. It's not an agenda. It's just you know a code they have to, of what wrestling should be in their eyes. And I can understand it from that point of view. They're very old school uh, about their tactics, and I can appreciate that. You know, you have a character like Valter that is very serious about. You know, staying true to the essence of professional wrestling in, this, in the old school sense. Um, just like kind of the same way I do with this podcast. I am a millennial with an old school mindset. I have an idea. You know, I harken, harken back to the days of the Attitude Era and the 80s and all that stuff. Me being just a young, a young boy, 31 years old. But I understand, you know, the earlier, you know, many decades ago of what the business should be. Now, with this new era... Um, some would say it's kind of like a boomer thing, you know, looking at the young guys and just be like, you're not taking this serious. Enough. You're not putting enough into this. You're not putting enough heart into what this is to be a professional wrestler. So that was a very nice segment, though, to see. I was hoping for someone someone to come into the PC and step up the voltage. He's like, ah, no, we don't do that here, man. If you want, you want to take someone on, Come see me. I was hoping for something like that, but it's just, you know, it was a good segment, though, um, with Walter and his and his heel character. So, t- earlier in the 
episode, the beginning of the episode, you saw Trent Seven, of course, taking on No Day, No Am Dark later on in the episode. But Tyler Bate was also there with him, and he had a bit of words to say for the NXT UK universe. The big strong boy, of course, being in that wonderful classic that was himself versus Walter at Takeover Cardiff just over, almost a month ago, and he has a little, little bit of something to say to the NXT UK universe. Of course, they're still chanting for him in true British uh, UK fashion. He thanks the fans for uh, singing for him. And he begins by bringing up TakeOver Cardiff. He said, It proved to be one of the toughest, hardest nights of my entire career. It wasn't just that Walter won or that I lost. It was that I felt like I let you guys down. Fans chanting, no, no, no. He says, but as far as NXT UK goes, I am far from finished here. And the fans, of course, going bananas, knowing that Tyler Bates not going anywhere for a long while. Out comes Jordan Devlin, the Irish ace of NXT UK. Devlin, fake applauding for Mr. Bate. He says to Bate, Tyler Bate, what an incredible performance at TakeOver Cardiff. The performance of a lifetime. The whole world is still raving about it, really. But I wasn't impressed. Johnny Satan, his infinite wisdom, sidelined me and put you in against Walter in the main event, and you failed miserably. And now people are saying you pushed Walter further than anyone? That's a lie, and we both know it. I am the only man that has what it takes to beat Walter. And if I was in that match, I would be standing here right now with the WWE United Kingdom Championship on my shoulder. So while you may be big, you may be strong, I am a man, and you're still a boy. Fans still chanting Big Strong Boy for Tyler Bate. Bate tells Devlin, Imagine how funny it'll be when this boy puts you on your ass. Bate immediately goes out of the ring. Devlin tries to stay calm down, but he keeps backing away. And that's how we ended the segment there with uh, Tyler Bate looking at that, hoping, making sure Devlin doesn't come out and do some tricky shit. And... Does his pose with the mustache and then, you know, the pose where he just gets his flex on at the end of it. So it looks like Jordan Devlin and Tyler Bate are going to be going into a little bit of a feud. And I do not mind this one fucking bit. I love this matchup. I think this is a solid fucking matchup. I think, and and this is what I think it's going to be. Now, this is why I like this matchup. In over-the-top wrestling OTT over in England, um, Devlin and Valter actually had a, t- a title match a couple of months ago. Devlin actually beat Valter to become the OTT world champion, their top guy of the brand. So maybe Devlin could possibly be next in line to face Valter for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. I, I'm trying so hard not to say NXT UK Championship because I saw it on NXT a couple weeks ago and I'm just like, I like that better because it makes more sense. But I think they're trying to shape this. Let me take a sip of water real quick. Mm-hmm. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to have they're trying. I, I think they're going to have Devlin become next in line. For the NXT, uh, NXT, Jesus Christ, the WWE United Kingdom Championship. I'm telling you, it's, it's really hard to say not to say NXT UK Championship. And that would be a dope ass match. 
that would be a really good match if they go the route of Devlin versus Falter for the United Kingdom Championship. Because it's a match that's been done before, but a lot I'm sure a lot of people who do watch NXT UK really do want to see this match. And I think Jordan Devlin is a, is a, is a definite main event player. Um, he deserves to be on the upper mid-card echelon of the brand, for sure. And I would just love to see that matchup. I would really love to see Devlin and Volter go at it. That would be a fun matchup to watch. And I think, you know, if... I know I haven't seen the match between him and Volter and OTT. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to probably find that and see if I can find it. Maybe on Daily Motion or something like that. But it would be interesting to see this these two guys go at it. It would be really fun to see what goes down with um, if they do go the route of Walter versus Devlin sometime in October, maybe November, who knows. But Devlin and Bate sounds like a pretty tasty matchup to me. I, I would I really like this matchup. I really like the fact that they're going this route with Tyler Bate, especially after his matchup with Walter. Excuse me. It's still a high-profile matchup for both guys. Definitely a possible number one contenders match if they go that route in the near future. So we'll see how it develops with these two going forward. Tegan Knox speaking on her takeover experience. Um, it's glad I'm happy to see Tegan Knox back in the wrestling ring and in NXT UK because she definitely fits well over there. She says, Take of Cardiff blew my mind. I didn't expect the fans to remember me as other than the girl who blew her knees out. I was proud to be a big star out of the Mae Young Classic, but one bad landing and that was it. And now, and then they show um, her in her match against Rhea Ripley, her uh, tearing her ACL in her knee, having to be sidelined again for a year. She stated that she doubted herself after rehab. Even doing basic things after surgery was the worst pain she ever felt. Um, I think she stated just, take, just merely taking a shower was the most intense pain I had ever felt in my life. But it put a fire in me for my comeback. I have worked the hardest I ever have, but it's made me even better than before. I vow to shine once more, and I get to show Kaylee Ray just how shiny my shiniest wizard really is. As, and now, and of course, that she's going one-on-one with NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray next week, next Thursday on NXT UK. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch, and I am a fan of Tegan Knox. I was a fan of her when they had the Mae Young Classic, she has a good look. Um, fans are definitely behind her. Even in the States, they're behind her. Um, team Fly Kicks, of course. Hopefully, I, I pray in the future, her and Dakota Kai team up. Because I think Team Fly Kicks would just be a dope-ass women's tag team. If they really wanted to take the division fucking seriously. <laughs> I hope they take the division seriously. I will when I go in the unit, when I get 2K20 and get universe mode. Because I think they fucking deserve to be looked at seriously. And I got some tag teams. I will definitely be looking at in the future. Anyway, Nina Samuels. The Nina Samuels show is back on NXT UK as she goes up against Danny Luna. I actually looked up Danny Luna on I uh, on her Instagram. She is a she has two belts right now. If I remember correctly, she's the Dragon Pro uh, Women's Champion, and she is the Pro Wrestling Chaos Women's Champion, the Maiden of Chaos Champion. Um, this is the first time, uh, the last time I had seen her, she was going up in a squash match in a two-on-one effort with her and Mercedes Blaze, if I remember correctly, up against Jazzy Gabbard, when Gabbard was still in her infancy in her NXT UK career. So it was very, inter- it was very, I think that she had one other matchup. I don't remember against two, though, but it was a very quick match. 
so it didn't really show what she could actually do in the ring. Um, when I when she came out, the first thing I thought in my head as I was watching her entrance, she's she had the power lifter body, and Nigel McGinnis then stated she's a former power lifter who was actually trained by Mark Andrews. So right off the bat, I was like, all right, she's definitely a power lifter. She has the look of a power lifter. She looks like she definitely can lift me, um, my 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 body weight. But she has a nice look. Um, I mean, in the UK, she's definitely a big deal. When she came out, she got one hell of a pop, for sure. The, the, the Cardiff crowd was definitely behind her, as she is from Cardiff, Wales. Who would have known? But this was going to be an interesting matchup to see, you know, a mid-tier lady in Nina Samuels going up against a new, uh, the PC, a PC uh, talent in Danny Luna. So let's get into it. So the bell rings. Fans cheering for Danny as she is the hometown favorite as she goes one-on-one with Nina. Nina not even taking her seriously as she's just looking at her like, you are not even at my level, blah, 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 blah. They tie up. Danny immediately goes to the, gets a wrist lock. Nina spins through, reverses the wrist lock onto Danny. Then Danny rolls, gets a handspring, wrenches Nina back. Fans cheering for Nina as she cartwheels to kick. Fans cheering for Danny, I should say. Nina cartwheels to kick Danny, but Danny catches it and goes immediately for the hip toss. Danny daring Nina to bring it, and they go at it again. Danny starts kicking. Nina goes for the Irish whip. Nina goes for the cross, flying crossbody, but Nina gets caught by Danny, showing her her strength. But Nina slips out, shoving Danny. Nina goes after her, only to eat a back elbow. Nina immediately goes for the cover and gets a two count out of that. Nina asking for a timeout, but she yanks Danny into the ropes using her heel tactics. There, Nina starts raining down right hands over and over, but lets up to start start toying with Danny, pushing her head, pie facing her, all that good stuff. Fans start rallying up for Danny, but Nina. Throwing into her the turnbuckles. Nina hits, gets an elbow. Snap mace. And then gets a next snap mare. Goes for the cover again. Gets a two count out of that. Nina toying with Danny Moore. Choking her on, using the ropes. Referee starts to the five count. Nina letting up at four. She comes back to stretch Danny against the ropes. Referee counting again. Nina lets go at four. And then hits a drop kick on Danny to get her out of it. Gets the cover and immediately gets a two count again. Nina clubbing Danny down. Fans still rallying up behind Danny. Nina drags her to a straight jacket, but Danny endures the hold. Nina starts thrashing Danny about. Danny fights her way up. Nina hopping on, continuing the hold that she has on Danny. She stays standing. She fires up, ramming Nina into the turnbuckles, then hits her with an arm drag. Nina floundering after that move. Danny coming back with big clotheslines and elbows. Then hits a bicycle boot that was just very fucking clean. Rocking Nina. Danny's not letting up, though. Hits a suplex into a brain buster now. That one looked almost crazy, and not in a good way. She had it, but I think she was trying to go try to get uh, into the vertical suplex. Wasn't the cleanest move, but it was effective. Goes to the cover. One, two. Nina kicking out at two and a half. Nina surviving, scrambling to the ropes. Danny drags her up. The referee has to back Danny off, but Nina hits a hot shot on Danny for her troubles. Nina scowling as she hits a roundhouse kick on Danny. Gets the slingshot splash. Goes for the cover and gets a two count out of that. Danny surviving that onslaught. Nina toying with her again. Mocking the hometown hero. Throwing, Nina throws a punch. But then it goes to the Irish whip. Danny reverses it. Danny running into a back elbow. Nina hops up. Danny catches her again. Hits a follow away slam. One, two. Nina kicking out this time around. Danny going frustrated. Dragging Nina into the drop zone. Danny goes up top. Fans rallying behind her. Nina gets up though. Danny leaps over her. But turns around. Eats a boot from Nina Samuels. Picks her up. Hits the curtain call. One, two, three. Nina Samuels getting a victory. 
on NXT UK. And this is actually a good performance by both ladies. Um, it was. I'm happy to see that not only Nina get, getting time, but Danny Luna getting time as well. And it was it was that long of a match. I say about six to eight minutes, maybe a little bit more. But it's nice to see that some of the PC talent is getting their work in. Um, I think Danny Luna so far, coming out of the PC, is the class of her class. Um, she's getting a little bit more featured. In NXT UK, I know Shax um, was definitely getting a little bit of time, um, but I think it was just for enhancement talent purposes. But I think Danny Luna, as long as she continues to develop and keep growing, she's definitely under a good banner in NXT UK and has a good amount of talent to work with. You know, the Tonys, the Rias, the Pipers, the Isla Dons, the Zaya Brookside, the Ginnies, and all that good stuff. I think Danny now is coming into the fold. Um, I think she's now going, if they're going to feature her more, she'll definitely go from PC to low tier. And that's how I'm, and that's how I'm doing it from forward. You go from PC, lower tier, mid tier, top tier. That's how, that's how I do it going forward. So I think they're starting to have her move up a little bit, start to improve, get her more experience, get her involved in more matches with a little bit of more of the mid tier, high tier, top tier talent, which is a good thing. That means, you know, they see something in Danny. That they want to feature her a little bit more, even if it's still in a losing effort. And there's nothing wrong with that. That just gets Danny more experience. So when she goes outside, you know, at a pro wrestling chaos, at Hit Dragon Bro Wrestling, you know, she has a little bit more of experience under her belt. And she definitely, and getting shown on television on WWE Network definitely gives her more exposure to people. And I think that's what that's why that's what NXT UK really is all about. Getting names we don't know about, maybe from outside of the WWE banner or the NXT, NXT banner, NXT UK banner, bringing them in and showing us what they can do in the ring. And that's always a plus for me. Seeing, I like seeing new talent. I like seeing them grow, develop, seeing them just improve. And that's always a win. That's never a bad thing. Even in a losing effort for a talent like Danny Luna, to see this kind of, you know, see her now being featured a little bit more, Definitely shows that NXT UK sees something in her to maybe want to push her going forward. We'll see how it goes. Uh, definitely be watching the development of Danny Luna and all the other PC ladies in, of NXT UK and the performance center going forward. Main event time here on NXT UK Review. Like I said, this is going to be a little bit shorter episode. Probably about a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of time. So, Trent Seven and No Amdar. They've been going at it over the past couple of weeks. With Trent Seven invading Noam Dar's press conference a couple weeks ago. And then Noam Dar doing what he did last week to um, Trent Seven using the megaphone, calling him a dafty, RIP, uh, BSS. That kind of got Trent Seven riled up. Johnny Saint realized, all right, these two kind of need to face each other in the ring. So he may book this match for the main event of this week's episode. And of course, with every story, there has to be a beginning. So let's get into the main event. There we go. Of course, immediately, fans are behind Trent Seven for the chanting for the Trent Seven Army as he and Dar stare each other down. They ring the bell to circle the two circle each other. Trent approaches, but Dar, in true Noam Dar fashion, backs off to the corner. Dar check mocking the mustache check for Trent Seven before coming back into the ring. Seven keeps away, but then they approach each other. Dar immediately gets the arm wrench to the wrist. Seven pulls the hair of. 
Noam Dar, the referee reprimanding Seven for the hair pull, but at the same time, Dar biting Seven's hand, and even Anubu Guinness saying, an eye for an eye. You pull, he pulled the hair, he's going to bite your hand. It's kind of a one-for-one one deal. Seven powers Dar into the corner, but the referee has to separate the two at the four count. Dar gets upset, but Seven says Dar was the one who was biting. It's high up again. Dar gets a headlock takeover. Dar pulls on Seven's mustache. And Seven grinds the forearm right into Dar's face. Fans, both men stand as fans rally behind Trent Seven. Seven powering out. Dar holding onto the ropes. Dar baits Seven into the tabletop. Dar runs, but Seven turns him only around to the Irish whip. Only for Dar to come back and Irish whip Seven. Seven then hits a flying crossbody down on Dar. Bounces off the cover. Seven then gets a hit toss on Dar. Scoop slam him hard on the mat. Seven then drops the leg, a la Hulk Hogan style. Goes for the cover, gets a two count out of that, and Dar is gasping for air despite surviving that early onslaught from Seven. Seven kicking Dar from the mat. Dar gets to the ropes. Fans singing again, but Dar pulls on Seven's mustache once more. Referee has to reprimand Dar, but Dar ducks the haymaker of Seven. He then lifts Seven up, hits an atomic drop on the ropes. Dar then starts mocking Tyler Bates' favorite pose before kicking at the ropes, making it worse on Seven and his balls. And a little bit of his chest as well. Dar then hops up on the corner. Pinky's out right at seven. It hits a flying lariat that topples him down to the mat. Fans booing the move, but Dar mocking Trent Seven mustache check again, trying to get inside the head of Trent Seven. And I do love Noam Dar doing that. He's a heel at the Raw, so he's going to piss him off. Piss a couple of people off. Playing a little bit of those mind games on Trent Seven. So drags after the Flying Lariat, he drags Seven up. Seven, though, hits a kick. Hits a punches from the mat. Dar stomps Seven back for what he did. Stalks him to the ropes. Fans taunting Dar, but he tunes all of that out, telling him to calm down. Calm down. He then drags Seven up the snapmare right into the rope. Seven flopping out of the ring. Dar starts taunting the fans now, still telling him to calm down. Dar going out to fetch Seven, bumps him off the apron, then Dar then throws Seven right into the barrier, choking him in the process, puts Seven back in the ring, immediately yelling for the uh, referee to cover, gets a two count out of that. Seven wincing in pain, he knows he's in some trouble. Seven kicking Dar from the corner, but Dar rocks him back with an uppercut, and then drags Seven out, wrapping head and shoulders to throw in some knees, goes for the cover again, and gets a two count out of that. Dar is starting to lose his cool. Fans start rallying behind Trent Seven. Seven fighting off Dar with big hands, throwing hands like it's going. Like it's the last thing he'll ever do in his career. Dar gives an uppercut, hits him with a kick, flooring Seven in the process. Winds another up to further mock the mustache check. He cannot get it off his mind. Maybe he wants a mustache for himself. I don't know. I don't think you look good with a mustache, dude. That'd be a baby face. Uh, but be a heel though. Work it out. So. Dar mocks the fans cheering for Seven as he gives, goes for the underhooks, looking like he was going for Tyler Driver 97. Seven resisting the move, spins out, hits Dar with a mean chop, does it again, fakes Dar out with a third, and hits the DDT. Very clever way of getting you a DDT, sir. Dar crawling into the corner. Seven runs in for a huge corner chop that adds a Snapdragon suplex for added measure. Not stopping, goes for the scoops him up, sidewalk slam, goes for the cover and gets a two count out of that. Dar surviving that onslaught. Seven. Not letting up. Dar only bails out seven to dive with a suicide dive on the outside. Both hitting the barriers, and the fans are rallying behind the one of the big members of Mustache Mountain. Seven dragging Dar up into the ring. Goes up top. Goes for the corkscrew sent. Goes for a corkscrew sent. I think that's what he was going for, and he misses it. 
big time. Dar aims for the corner, seven stands up. Dar boots the punch away, only for seven to hit a backhand on Dar. Good, grabs the wrist lock, reels Dar out, but it looks like he was going for the seven star lariat. Kicks the legs out of seven. Bring seven up. Chicken wing spin cycle, but Dar hook, Fisherman hooks the leg. Seven spins out of the to wrist lock and hits the seven star lariat. Goes to the cover. One, two. Dar kicking out of the seven star lariat. Everyone in the building is shot. Cardiff starts cheering. This is awesome. It was high. It was getting good. It was definitely getting good, though. I would say it was awesome, but it was definitely getting good. So, Dev7 grab, get, uh, drags Dar up, looking for the torture rack. Dar pulls on the mustache again to get out of the situation. Seven then chops Dar, running it at the corner. Dar dodges, boots him, hits a clothesline to the back, goes for the cover, and gets two can of that, surviving the Northern Lariat. Dar continues to lose his cool. Fans still singing for Devin to see and Dar slowly get up. Dar goes to the corner, sees Seven's mustache mountain tile. He takes the towel, blows his nose in the towel, and the fans in Cardiff were not liking any bit of that. He then wipes his pits. That, that's just nasty, bro. You just blew your nose. And then you're going to wipe your pits on the john? Come on, bruh. Come on, bruh. So after he wipes his pits with it, he then sticks it down his pants. Ew. That's just nasty. Like, like listen, I, I'm, I'm just going to stop, stop the show real quick. Um, Now, I like, I don't mind cringe shit. I watch Dr. Pimple Popper and all that good stuff. But there's, but there's some things you just don't do, man. You don't, you don't just blow your nose into a towel and then stick it down your pants. That's just nasty for you. Just rubbing your own nastiness on yourself. Let's be real. Let's just be real for a second. You, you, that, uh, uh. Anyway, getting back into the matchup. Sorry about that. Um, so after he stuck it down his pants, he runs out into a lariat, looking like he was going for the Nova Rolla to finish off seven. And as Dar was down, he sees the towel. He sees the towel sticking out of his pants, and Seven is all types of mad. All kinds of hating. Not hating, I should say just mad. He, he was big mad. For real. Super big mad. What does he do? Starts beating the shit out of No Am Dar, just raining down fist. Dar under the ropes though, so it was supposed to be called for a break. But Seven's not letting up. Referee counting his five count. It looked like he was going to get out of the situation. It looked like Seven was going to stop, but he wasn't stopping. Referee gets to five and unfortunately has to call for the bell. Unfortunate disqualification by Trent Seven. But again, there's some things you don't do. You don't, you don't not pay your taxes. You don't run from the cops if you're getting pulled over. And you don't fuck with Trent Seven's towel and stick it in your pants. I'm just saying. There's some things you just don't do. That's one of them. That's just... So an unfortunate loss for Trent Seven due to his rage. And Noam Dar gets the victory by disqualification. Of course, his rage is not over. He shoves the referee as he is mad as hell. 
searing daggers at Dar. Dar having to run away with a towel tucked between his legs. Hopefully, we get a second matchup between these two, but this time around, Dar gets the victory due to the frustration and anger of Trent Seven. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was your NXT UK review. So, going over everything. A pretty good NXT UK. It was a, it was a solid NXT UK. Um, the fact that they're going to be um, moving over to NXT the Thursdays is going to be interesting to see going forward. Um, so let's read from Mitchell's uh, account of the NXT UK show. Uh, I do like reading these every once in a while. I do uh, take bits and pieces from it and see what they have, uh, what they think from the shirtshot.com. So let's read this. Quote, a pretty good NXT UK and apparently the last one on Wednesdays. Things are changing for the WWE, and that includes scheduling their one remaining pre-recorded show. I always felt WWE was going to find a way to have something every day of the week, and this is the next step towards that. While a lot of fun, the matches were mostly filler as things are still sorting out after TakeOver Cardiff. Oliver Carter versus the girl was pretty good, but I'm surprised Carter has gone 0-2, as am I. <clears throat> as am I. Oh, okay, let me take a sip of water. My throat's getting a little dry there. Don't do, gotta keep your water when you're doing long podcasts like this. Definitely will be a big time save, lifesaver. Getting back into it, it's a good for Laguerre to win, but he needs to stay, he needs to stay full in the mid card. But this makes me wonder where Carter is going to go if he loses again. Maybe a heel turn out of frustration. And I'm thinking the same thing as well. Um, after this, I was thinking that, you know, out of frustration, losing your first two, you might get a little upset. You might get a little mad, you know, that it's things aren't going your way. All that good stuff. So I, it makes me wonder what, how, if they're going to turn him heel. I think it would make sense to turn him heel if they're going to go this route uh, to have Oliver Carter turn heel. Maybe look, maybe you know, build another heel up in the mid card. It would be nice to see how they work that and how they figure that out for Carter going forward. So then Carter got to cheer another hometown star as Danny Luna does well even losing. She needs to be more careful with that deadlift suplex though. I agree. I don't think it was supposed to be a brain buster, but luckily Nina Samuels was okay and finished the match. I think that's that's a one thing going forward. She still is a PC talent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Going into a, a lower tier. Going into the low tier of the division. So she definitely has to be careful with that deadlift suplex. I'm sure she'll work on it um, when she gets back to the PC. Uh, going forward. Definitely will. Tegan Knox's video package was a great look at her real-life work to get back into the ring. It helps fans who weren't aware as aware of what she went through to understand her. Her match with Keely Ray should be good, but could go either way with me. Walter's Performance Center segment was consistent with how he ran his own training center in Germany, and it's good to keep going, it's good to keep him going in NXT UK while he's also doing some things in NXT USA, and two, including last uh, Wednesday's episode. Scheduled to have him in Imperium take on Kushida and, team, and a team Kushida can put together. Tyler Bate has a good enough promo, but he didn't get to say as much before Devlin interrupted. Devlin did a touch better in his promo, and it was a well, another well-done subtle reference to Devlin beating Walter in OTT, wrestling for a title, like I told y'all. But it's great that we'll be getting Bate versus Devlin now. This could go either way, but I feel Devlin has to win to make his case for another shot at the UK Championship. Seven versus Dar was great stuff, on part with Dar's takeover match. The ending was alright and definitely fitting of the story. Seven's anger gets the better of him, but this surely means a rematch down the line, and maybe with stakes. A big thing NXT UK could do, as all of WWE moves through the fall, is to a tournament to name a 
either name a contender or a mid-card champion. I'm telling you, me and Mitchell are on the same plane with this. They're on same plane. We need a UK Commonwealth champion. I'm telling you, if you use that name, you know what you heard it here first. Yours truly, thank me, pay me, send my check in the mail, and I want to make sure you convert it, British pounds, to motherfucking US dollars. Because I ain't playing that shit. <laughs> ending the ending the uh, whole thing. Tournaments are always pretty fun, so why not use one to get a lot of these stories settled at the same time? I'm telling you, Mitchell and I are the same plan when it comes to a make card title. They now need a make card championship. Hopefully, by the end of 2019, going into 2020, we get a tournament to determine the first ever make card champion, whatever they're fucking calling it. I'm calling it the UK Commonwealth champion. Playing off the British um, boxing, playing off British boxing, they do have a British heavyweight champion, and the, under that is the Commonwealth champion. So it would just make sense to have a UK Commonwealth champion or whatever they're fucking gonna call it. I would say UK Commonwealth champion would just be awesome. And I love the word Commonwealth. Don't ask me why, I just do. But that's gonna be all for this week for NXT UK Review, of course. We are gonna take a short break. We are going to listen from our sponsor, and then we're going to get you prepared for episode 114 of the Young Lions Perspective. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 113 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I appreciate it. If you have any opinions or thoughts of the show, talking about NXT, what you thought about the show, what you thought about the matches and everything, what you thought about uh, what matches are going maybe going to be happening going forward, or just the product in general. If you have any opinions or thoughts about that, hit me up with a voice message on my homepage, anchor.fm slash young lions perspective. Let me know what you thought about this week in general, what you think about SmackDown going to Fridays, what you thought about Raw, what you thought about NXT this week, what you're thinking about the Wednesday Night Wars, all that good shit. Hit me up with a voice message, and if I like it enough, I will have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective. If you did enjoy this episode, though, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions Perspective. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, and let the people know that the Young Lions Perspective is your alternative professional wrestling podcast and that we are here to stay. Now, if you do not happen to have the Anchor app, it's fine. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad because why? There's plenty of other avenues to check out the Young Lions perspective. Several different ways to check out the YLP podcast, especially if you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox FM, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions perspective across all these different platforms. You should have no problem finding it whatsoever. Ever, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP universe and you want to follow me on social media, do not hesitate to follow me on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital W, capital I. 
I do live tweeting, and I'm trying to try to get this right the first time around. Because if I don't, I'm gonna suck this suck this whole thing out of proportion. I will be live tweeting from here on out. SmackDown Live, AEW, NXT UK. If I'm able to do it, maybe sometimes uh, I'll do NXT one week. AEW. I'll try to figure that out. I will be doing though. Every WWE live pay-per-view going forward. Y'all know how that goes. And if I have nothing else better to do at 2 a.m. in the morning and I don't have work to do that day, hopefully that will be fucking great. I do live tweeting for New Japan Wrestling Pro Wrestling as well. It's rare, but I have done it. If you want to follow me over on Instagram, which is pretty much the epicenter of everything that is YLP, my 60-second thoughts on uh, certain episodes of Pro Wrestling, um, breaking news that I do cover. Anything like that, follow me on Instagram at young underscore alliance underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. So, episode 114 will be coming your way this coming Wednesday, October 2nd, the day we begin the Wednesday Night Wars but we 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 will be doing we'll be doing a little bit of talk for all of the Wednesday Night Wars previewing AEW Dynamite previewing NXT's first night their first battle against each other for reigning supremacy. But we will be focusing on, of course, Hell in a Cell. Doing my preview and predictions for Hell in a Cell. Uh, talking about the two major matches: the Sasha Banks Becky Lynch Raw Women Championship match in Hell in a Cell, and Bray Wyatt and Seth going up against Seth Rollins. For the Universal Championship, I will have a lot to say about this pay-per-view going into next Sunday. So until Wednesday, guys, unless I have any breaking news going down over the weekend, Monday or Tuesday, I will see you guys Wednesday for episode 114 of the Young Lions Perspective. Enjoy your weekend. Drink responsibly if you're going to do anything like that. Make sure you take an Uber and Lyft home. No need to get a DUI and have to spend upwards of $10,000 on lawyer fees and all that good shit. So I'll see you guys Wednesday for Hell in a Cell Preview and Predictions. See you!